0: Good morning, everyone. It's just about time to start this morning. would like to take this time to welcome each and every one of you that's here, especially those of you that are visiting with us, whether you're from Arkansas or wherever. Hope to invite see you back again this evening at 6 p.m. No, I do not have contacts on. I had surgery the last couple of weeks and the nurse told me on Friday those implants will last longer than you'll be on God's green earth. So, but things are brighter. Hopefully I don't have to pull everything up close, but so far so good. Keep the ones that are on our on the mission trip in Peru. Keep those people in your prayers. Also, Clinton is in, where's Barb, St. Mary's, room number, 4107, 4107. having a pacemaker put in in the morning, correct, so keep Clinton in your prayers if you would, and happy Father's Day to all of you fathers that are here this morning. Today is a day that has been set aside by our society to honor our earthly fathers. And to thank them for all the ways they care for us and love us. I'd like to read... Ephesians 6, 2, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. But every Sunday is the day day that is set aside to honor God, our heavenly father, to worship him and express our love and thanks and thank him for all that he's done for us. He provides salvation through Jesus and his sacrifice for our sins. So as we enter our worship to God today, let's be thankful to him for all of the blessings he has provided for us. Would you bow with me, please? Father, we are thankful for the many blessings of this life that you've given us, especially for your son who came and died for us. We're thankful for each dad that's here today, for what they mean to their family. We ask that you Bless them and and give them strength and that they always look to you for guidance and help in their daily walk of lives. We're thankful for the blessings that we have of being here this morning to hear another lesson from your word. We ask that you bless David as he presents his lesson. We're thankful for the class that Mike presented to us, and Father, we know that we have many failures. We ask that you forgive us of those, help us to be stronger. We ask your blessings on Clinton as he goes through surgery tomorrow to have a pacemaker put in that it will be successful. We're thankful for the past couple weeks' surgeries and thankful for the many blessings of this life that you've given us. We know we have and we do have people that are hurting, that you bless them and give them strength. Keep us all safe, Father. Forgive us in thy son's name we pray, and amen. Would you stand for the first song, please?
1: First hymn this morning, number 388. Let every heart rejoice and sing.
2: 388. Let every heart rejoice and sing. Let the world of Athens rise. The ancient men and children bring to God. 皇帝
1: Next him this morning number 173 god of our fathers <clears throat> 173 and after this hand brother dickie parker we'll have our scripture reading and prayer
3: This morning's scripture reading comes from Psalms 15, verses 1 through 4. Psalms 15, 1 through 4. Lord, who I abide in your tabernacle, who may dwell in your holy hill? He who walks uprightly and walks righteously and speaks the truth in his heart. He who, he who does not backbite with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor, nor does he take up reproach against his friend, in whose eyes a veiled person is despised, but he honors those who fear the Lord. He who swears to his own hurt and does not change, but he, does not, he who does not put out his money at the ushery. Let's go to God in prayer. O oh, Father in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. Father, let your will in in heaven be done here on earth. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the hour that we can gather here this morning, that we can hear your word, that we can sing songs of praise to thee, Father. Father, we hope everything said and done here is accordance to thy will and pleasing to thy sight, Father. Father, we ask that you be with the church here at Rome, its elders, that we may be the church the light in the community that pleases you, Father, that brings others to you, Father. Father, there's many that are traveling. We have members of our congregation that are in Peru. We ask that you be with them, that you keep your hand up on them, protect them, but also, Father, that they may deliver your message, your word to those that need it to bring others to you, Father. Father, others have been mentioned here this morning that are sick, that are shut in. That are just hurting, Father. and We ask that you be with each of those, that you touch them. Bless them, Father. Father, we thank you for the fathers that are here this morning, and most of all, Father, we thank you. The love that you had for us, you sent your Son, to live among us, to die a cruel cro- to die a cruel death upon the cross, Father, and then it was resurrected. Father, we. Th- Through that, we know that we have a hope. We have a hope to live with thee and eternally. And Father, if there's somebody here this morning that has not obeyed this plan, your plan of salvation for us, Father, that something would touch them and bring them to you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.
1: Next hymn this morning, number 916. Come share the Lord. 916.
2: We gather here in Jesus' name. His love is burning in our hearts like living flame. For through the loving Son... The Father makes us one. Come take the bread, come drink the cup, come share the Lord. No one is a stranger here. the the Lord who pours the cup is risen from the dead. The one we love the most is now a gracious host. Come take the We'll see the glory of our Lord and coming King, now we have
4: Uh, please turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 23. We'll be reading from there in just a minute. The uh, Lord's Supper, which we are about to partake, is the one thing in our worship service that is physical. We have the bread, we have the cup, but everything else in our service here today is uh, from the heart and that is because we try to follow the example that was given to us in the new testament um it's why we don't have musical instruments it's why we uh, have a very simple worship service because we want to focus on the heart however the lord's supper is the one thing that is uh physical and the reason is is because jesus gives us that example um when he was here and it reminded me of a similar situation as we try to do our best to follow what god and what jesus has uh, put forth before us Uh, back in the old testament there was a king by the name of king josiah now king josiah was eight years old when he became king is there any eight-year-old little boys in here today anybody eight there he is brian ward in the back all right raise your hand there boys all right so he was eight years old when he became king, and the kingdom of Judah was not obeying God's word. But in his 18th year as king, so when he's 26, they decide to go and clean out the temple and they're, they're looking for stuff, and they found a scroll, an old scroll that was uh, hidden in the temple. And they read the scroll, and Josiah realized that they had not been obeying God's word. So I want to read a little bit from 2nd Kings this morning. Chapter uh, 23 verse 1. So the king summoned all the leaders of Judah and Jerusalem. The king went up to the Lord's temple accompanied by all the people of Judah, all the residents of Jerusalem, the priests and the prophets, all the people were there from the youngest to the oldest. He read aloud all the words of the scroll of the covenant that had been discovered in the Lord's temple. The king stood by the pillar and renewed the covenant before the Lord, agreeing to follow the Lord and to obey his commandments, laws, and rules with all of his heart, and, and being by carrying out the terms of this covenant recorded on the scroll. All the people agreed to keep the covenant. Moving down to uh, verse 9. Now the priests of the high places did not go up to the altar of the Lord Jerusalem, but they did eat unleavened cakes among their fellow priests. They had the Passover uh, dinner for the first time in a long time. And then now skipping down to verse 21 of chapter 23. The king ordered all the people, observe the Passover of the Lord your God as prescribed in this scroll of the covenant. He issued this edict because a Passover like this had not been observed since the days of the judges. It was neglected for the entire period of the kings of Israel and Judah. But in the 18th year of King Josiah's reign, such a Passover of the Lord was observed in Jerusalem. Now I'd like to fast forward to Matthew chapter 26, if you can turn there. This is when Jesus and his followers, his disciples, his apostles, were partaking in the Passover. Hundreds of years later, right before he was about to be crucified. We've read this passage many times, but let's read it again with the understanding of us trying to look back to do what uh, Jesus has instructed us. Matthew twenty six twenty six. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after giving thanks, he broke it, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And after taking the cup and giving thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. For this is my blood, the blood of the covenant that is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you from now on, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine until the day that when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Now we celebrate a different covenant today than what King Josiah celebrated uh, in the Old Testament. However, it's, it's a much better covenant because it is the promise that Jesus will forgive us of our sins and that we will ultimately live with him in heaven once our days here are done. So as we partake of the Lord's Supper today, um, I ask that we try to do it in a way that uh, is pleasing to our Father in heaven and is in uh, the best way that we possibly can in order to follow his word. Let us pray as we bless the bread. Dear Lord, we thank you today for this beautiful Sunday today. We thank you for the blessings of uh, coming together. We thank you for this um, ceremony, this memorial. We pray that we will partake uh, in the Lord's Supper today in a way that is pleasing unto you. We pray that you'll bless this bread, which represents Jesus' body as he died on the cross for our sins. And it's through Jesus we do pray. Amen. Let us pray. Dear Lord, again, we come before you. We thank you for this fruit of the vine. We thank you for the opportunity to partake of it. We pray that you will bless it and that we may partake of it in a way that is pleasing unto you. And it's through Jesus we pray. Amen. This time, while the uh, minister is on the floor, we will be taking up the contribution. I love to uh, go back and read through the Bible, all of the different examples of giving of gifts and sacrifices that the Lord has asked. Um, most of the tales, really, are tales of caution. Um, Cain and Abel, um, Achan. If you never read the story of Achan, you should look that one up. That's one. Um, Uh, Of course, sacrifice like Abraham was prepared to do with Isaac. Um, Also another cautionary tale, Ananias and Sapphira. But one of my favorites, um, and I'm not sure why, but it's Luke chapter 21, and it's talking about the widow's offering. I'd like to read that passage from Luke chapter 21, verse uh, 1 and following before we take our offering. Jesus looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the offering box. He also saw a poor widow put in two small copper coins. He said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put in more than all of them, for they offered their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything she had to live on. Let us pray. Dear God, we thank you for the gifts you do give to us. We thank you for the opportunities we have in this country, and we pray that you will um, bless us as we give this offering today. We thank you so much for the blessings you do give to us, and we pray that we will do so today according to your will. And it's through Jesus we pray. Amen.
1: Let's all please stand and we'll sing hymn number 682, To God Be the Glory. It's at this time that the children, two to five year olds will have their uh, children's Bible hour. 682.
2: to god be the glory made things he had done so loving the world that he gave us his son who Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father, through Jesus the Son, and give Him the glory, great things He hath done, great things He had taught us, great things He hath done. through Jesus the Son. Jesus the Son and give Him the glory great things He hath
1: done. Please, Sue. Invitation hymn for this morning, number 587 Soul, a Savior, Thou Art Needing. 587.
5: Good morning, church family. Hope everyone is doing all right today. And uh, happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there uh, this morning. Um, hope your kids give you a bunch of hugs and, and give you a hard time, you know, because that's what our fathers, we know that uh, we give our children a hard time. But um, speaking of giving someone a hard time, are you aware on how you treat people. Are you aware of how you treat people? Maybe it's work or maybe it's within our community. Maybe it's at school. Maybe it's the way we treat our moms and dads. Or maybe the way we treat each other at church. It's obvious that we see other people a lot of times, how they treat other people. Maybe it's at a restaurant or, you know, Blake plays baseball, so I know how some parents act at a ball game. It's ugly sometimes. But let us be cautious And let us be careful on how we treat each other. Because life has a funny way of always coming back to us, doesn't it? The person that you take for granted today is the person you're going to need tomorrow. See, the reason why I bring this up this morning is because the way we treat others matters to God. The way we think about others matters to God. The way we feel about others matters to God. And scripture is full of specific instructions on how we should treat each other. And Jesus isn't just saying to refrain from doing to others what you would not want done to you. But he is saying, do to others as you would have done to you. If we will, turn your Bibles to Philippians chapter 2. That's Philippians chapter 2. And Timothy is a prime example on how we should treat others. And Philippians chapter 2, 20 through 21 says, I have no one else like Timothy who generally cares about your welfare. All the others care only for themselves and not for what matters to Jesus Christ. Timothy has always been known on someone who puts others first, who cares, he makes other people's feelings his top priority on treating how, how to treat other people. His lifestyle is what Paul talks about in Philippians 2.4. Each of you should look not only to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. Timothy is a prime example for us to follow today. It's so important that we put others' needs, their interest, their cares... Their problems, their victories, their joys should all be important to us. We should treat others in the same manner as we would want to be treated. Just like scripture says, love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus states that in Matthew chapter 22. If you want to turn your Bibles there to Matthew chapter 22. 37 through 40. It's a verse that we should all be familiar with. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the laws and prophets hang on these two commandments. This scripture explains that in two things to follow is God's law and the prophets boil down to these two commands love God and love your neighbor. Then Jesus asks, Who is my neighbor? And that's when he goes into the story of the Good Samaritan. Our love should even reach out to our enemies, the people we don't get along with, the people that we struggle with. The golden rule is not limited to just to the people that you like, but to all human relationships. And we know from God's word that we cannot generally obey the. The greatest commandment commandment to love God with all our heart, all our soul, and all our mind and all our strength if we do not obey the second greatest commandment. And that is to love other people. Turn your Bibles to 1 John chapter 4. I want you to listen to what this verse says. It's 1 John chapter 4. 20-21 20-21 through 21. If anyone says I love God yet hates his brother he is a liar for anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen and he has given us this command Whoever loves God must also love his brother. So, our living up to God's standard and God's law hinges greatly on how we love each other. And loving others is the fulfillment of the law. Now, this is a little bit different from my other sermons that I usually do because most of the time I talk about one specific subject and kind of stick to that subject, but I wanted God's word to speak to us. I wanted us to see on how our attitudes should be according to God's word. And because scripture tells us on how to treat others. So I'm going to go down through a couple of scriptures here. Leviticus 19, verse 11. Do not steal, do not lie, do not deceive one another. We are not to steal from our neighbor. We are not to lie to our neighbor. And we do not cheat or mislead or seduce our neighbor. John 13, 34 through 35. John 13, 34 through 35 reads, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Jesus is saying here, in order to be Christ-like, In order to show that you are one of his disciples, you must show love. There's no bickering, there's no jealousy, there's no division in his church. But we first must love one another. In Romans 12, 16, live in harmony with one another, do not be proud. But be willing to associate with people in low positions, do not be conceited. In Romans fourteen thirteen, therefore let us passing judgment on one another. Instead make up your mind not to put any stumbling blocks or obstacles in your brother's way. both a strong and weak Christian can cause a brother to stumble. A strong brother can be insensitive to a Christian and flaunt his freedom and intentionally offend others. But a weak Christian may put others down to make themselves feel better. Therefore, passing judgment on one another, Paul in this verse wants us to be strong in our faith and be sensitive to other people's needs. Because we need to constantly monitor on how we affect others. And on how we behave ourselves. In Romans 15.7. Accept one another. Then just as Christ accepted you. In order to bring praises to God. In 1 Corinthians. 1 through 10. 1 Corinthians 1 through 10. says I appeal to you brothers. In the name of Jesus Christ. All of you. Agree with one another so that there may be no division among you and that you may be perfectly united in mind and thought. To agree with one another, allow no division, be perfect in mind and thought. This doesn't require everyone to believe in the same way. There is a difference between having opposing viewpoints and being divided. A group of people, if you put a group of people together, we're all not going to agree on the same thing. We're all going to have different viewpoints. But it's so important so important that we work in harmony and we truly agree on with what matters in this life is that Jesus Christ is the Lord of all. Here at Rome, speak and behave in a way that reduces arguments. We must increase our harmony with one another. Petty differences should never divide us, and divide Christians. Ephesians four two. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Hebrews ten twenty four. Let us be consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. In James 4, 11 through 12, brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or a sister or judges them speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it. You sit You sit in judgment. Listen to what it says in verse 12. There is only one law giver and judge. The one who is able to save and to destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? Jesus here summarizes the law of love for God and his neighbor. We also find that in Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 through 40. And Paul says here he's demonstrating on how we should treat our neighbors. And we also find that in Romans 13, 6 through 10. When we fail to love, we are breaking God's law. When we fail to love, we are breaking God's law. We need to examine our attitudes. We need to examine our attitudes towards each other. Just don't build somebody up and tear them back down. When you are ready to criticize somebody, when you are ready to talk to somebody, remember God's law of love first. We always had a rule in retail when it came to disciplining somebody. You'd always say four good things and two things to correct. I know there's probably several different ones. There's probably five or three or whatever it is, but it was always more important to lift somebody up first and that's what we are to do with one another. And there's also there's plenty of other scriptures in the Bible that talks about how we should treat each other and how we should care about each other and how we should act around each other. There's parables that we could go into. But sometimes we still struggle on our attitudes. We always have a way of putting our foot in our mouths. Now, I've never had this happen before. I've come close that um, I asked Steve Wednesday on what he was going to speak about tonight. Because I don't want to speak about the same thing. I've come close to it. And, but I've never had Mike this morning talk Bible class for those who were not here, and gave an illustration. This illustration is exact same thing that I'm about to read to you again. So if you if you weren't here at Bible class, you're going to hear it again. So maybe you weren't paying attention. So maybe that's the first you heard it, but. I always like to give an illustration because sometimes, you know, when you read a, a verse in the Bible, sometimes it, it just, it doesn't reach you, but sometimes an illustration does. So I'm going to try to read this in my um, favorite Paul Harvey voice. Um, for those who, I'm going to show them my age here, I guess, if I'm saying Paul Harvey. But Paul Harvey used to be a person on talk radio um, and does some great illustrations, but uh, I just the way he read things was always amazed me. A man went to church. He forgot to switch off his phone and it rang during prayer. The pastor scolded him. The, worship, the worshipers embolished him after the prayer for interrupting the silence. His wife kept lecturing him on his carelessness all the way home. One could see the shame and the embarrassment and the humiliation on his face. After all this, he never stepped